You're listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Anyway, Vanessa, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, for having me. I feel like we could talk forever. Um, But yeah, thanks. Thanks heaps. No worries. It's um, it's been a long time coming for me. You know, you've been on on my list for a while to get or to try and get on the show. So uh, thank you for for coming on. And what a um, pleasure. I was sort of I was putting some notes together, and it sometimes it's really frustrating because some people, one like yourself, you got so many. Well, you're involved in a lot, and there's so many things I want to talk to you about, and then all of a sudden my notes are just like six pages long, and I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So that, uh, That's how my life feels, Craig, I swear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you want to be prepared and everything, but then sometimes being spontaneous, uh, which I'm going to be a little bit here tonight because cool. the notes were just insane, and I'm like, I can't, I can't do all these notes. So, I don't blame you, yeah. Yeah, so there's a few things. You know, I'd like to get into obviously, but yeah. you know, the floor is yours. Whatever we want to talk about, we we can and we will. And awesome. um, yeah, so rather than me sort of rambling and try to explain who you are and oh. where you're from and that sort of thing, um, why don't you uh, why don't you give it to us? <laughs> That's so hard. You know, when I think about uh, my life, it's I literally it's almost like. A trilogy, like there are, there's three parts to it. So I guess let's just, how do we do this? Look, pretty much I am, I'm a musician, mm-hmm. you know. I spent, I grew up um, at a pretty rough, uh, uh, not rough upbringing. Um, I, I, I was a heroin addict by like 15, you know, spent years on the streets um, signed my first record deal at 17 and then that literally set me on my path for the next, I don't know, 10 or no, 15 years of touring um, independently with labels uh, and obviously always been into, I always say fighting rights, um, standing for rights, but I, I've always been, I've always had a, Always had a lot to say, actually. Always had a lot to say, and I think because of that, I've ended up involved in many different things. Uh, but music's always been the one statement, yeah, the one main love for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always seems to. I think for musicians, like everything, at the end of the day, comes back to music. Um, yeah. Just, just that love of music. Um, it just doesn't go like it's. It's just the, you know, the the staple in our lives, and yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So you know, I guess that's obviously how you and I met. And I was trying to think back, like, when did we actually meet for the first time? Um, I, I don't know. Nah, it's, it would have been at a Valentine show, I assume. I, I do. Yeah, I I think I remember. I just don't know where it was, but I definitely remember being introduced. Yeah, because I, I just um, no idea. You know, like I used to get to a lot of Valentine's uh, shows back in the day, and we're talking, you know, it would have more been than tw- twenty. It would have been tw- uh, two thousand and I reckon about ten, mm. two thousand ten, eleven. Yeah, maybe even yeah. earlier, I reckon, because... We formed in 2008. Oh, right, okay. And our first show, I, I think, would have been about 2009, maybe. Mm. I could... Yeah, maybe, maybe it was 2008, our first show, I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit of a blur back then, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. it's not It's not that long ago, but it is a long time ago. But, yeah, I used to come down to a lot of shows and, um, you know, you were definitely especially on the scene, like you were one of the best bands for sure. And um, actually you guys gave me uh, one of my first gigs as a solo artist. I don't know if you remember this. This was at uh, at the oh Tote. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, we, we played <gasps> at the bottom of the – Yeah, like at the, the bottom of the stairs, like in the – and I think the floor dipped. And, in the uh, back room in the main room? No, nah, no, nah, it was like in between. So it was you had the front bar, 
Yeah. And then you walk through to the back. It was like, yeah. oh, you know, the stairs where you could walk up. Are you kidding? Yeah. Um, you played a solo gig there. Yeah, at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> and I think you guys wow. sat up there too. Do you remember that? I hang on. <laughs> So I remember I remember we did, so just before we sort of started to, I guess, do, do uh, get a bigger audience and stuff like that, we were doing um, the tote uh, asked us to, to play every Saturday and it was an afternoon gig yeah. and it was in that section. Yeah, was that, that was it. it? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. That yeah. is so cool because that was a really defining moment for us and that that mm. those shows really changed everything for the band. So that is so awesome. Yeah, because I remember it was daylight and, um, you know, I was pretty nervous because I hadn't really – I'd done band stuff for years but solo stuff, no, and I think that was before I sort of became Acoustic Fox. So I was yeah. still still Craig Williams and, yes. uh, yeah, so I would have been pretty fresh then. Wow. But, um, yeah, I always appreciated that um, – that opportunity. So That's I don't so know. Cool. 2010, 11, maybe. Can't yeah, remember. maybe. Well, no, that would have been earlier because, um, yeah. Um, no, you're right, I reckon. Well, mm. if we formed, maybe it was 2000 and it would have no later than 2010, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. They were, that, fuck, that's crazy. Mm. We literally, after that, we, it's just so cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. What a, yeah, very cool. <laughs> so, yeah, tell, well, tell us a bit about Valentine then. So, seeing as though we're sort of yeah. touching on that era, uh, so, three piece, killer. Yeah. All girl. So, yeah. look, the backstory really is I mean, I always say I'll try and be quick, but I just, you know, so feel free to fucking edit this and make <laughs> it 20 seconds. Um, so, I'd been linked to record labels my whole life, you know, and um, I was pretty much a puppet for for record labels and, you know, not small labels either. Some of them were quite big and I just, I, I'm the wrong person to, you know, for, for a puppet, you know. They loved me because of my writing uh, and they loved me because of my, my story, but it just, it, I, you know, I, I've got a big mouth, lots of opinions and, I'm no one's bitch, basically, you know, especially a record label. Uh, I So long story short, I um, I asked to – I had enough. I left my label, you know, in a really dramatic manner, um, came back home, uh, rehab, cleaned up, all that sort of stuff, and for the first time in my life I met two – so two friends and uh, – well, firstly, the the bass player, and uh, we actually met in in detox. But um, so we had that in common, and then we met uh, the our drummer Shelley. And I just remember feeling for the first time, you know, like I was only like twenty, I think, or yeah, something like that. I just remember thinking, "Wow, I've finally got like friends, like my own friends," and. And I, and I feel this is really cool and independent, but I was really missing playing and I wanted to play, but I didn't want to be linked to big labels anymore. I was fucking mm. sick of it. I just wanted to do it on my terms. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be famous. Like I, I honestly, it was not for me. You know, I literally, from the time I was, um, you know, 17. So in the last three or four years, I'd, I'd had that sort of treatment, you know, and I just, wasn't interested and so we went out and we, we you know we were just reckless fucking teens and um oh well, you know actually not teens well Shelly was but uh, Eric and I weren't um we went out and used to do karaoke a lot and um I was trying to get used to this new clean lifestyle and we did a rendition of Cedar by Rupert and one of the girls the DJ was like man, that was so fucking cool. You guys should start a band. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a, we were like, fuck, you know, <laughs> let's start a band. Um, didn't know how it was going to work, any of it, but we we decided we'd start. 
And our first practice, it just like, Shelly was a drummer. She'd been drumming for years. And I will, you know, she is such an extraordinary drummer. Like she's just got such a, an intuitive uh, feel for, for drums, you know, and, and Eric does on the bass. And I just, it just worked so beautifully. And for me, I can't speak for the, the girls, but for me, it was just that first practice. I was like, I've got no engineer in my ear, no producer. I've got no one thinking about dollar signs, telling me, you know, what I'm going to wear. And, you know, like I used to get trained like a puppet, make sure you say you're, you're straight. Don't tell them you've got a girlfriend, do this and that. Like, you know, so it was just so freeing that first practice uh, when I realized we can do whatever we want. Um, and that was it. We, you know, no jobs, no nothing else to think about. We just, as you probably, I don't know if you were, you know, maybe not, maybe you were a bit more responsible. But, yeah, we just practised all day, uh, most days, and it just, it happened really organically, you know. From the time we started gigging, we, I think within a year, um, we so, uh, our first EP launch, we, we sold out early. Um, and that was a really beautiful moment and that was it. It just, it so organically grew. It was beautiful. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I think that's, and you know, I was in the crowd so I can, I can speak to that. Like that's the way it came across on stage as well. Like it was very, very organic, much like, you know, I come from the days of Nirvana and, you know, those sort of bands and they had yeah. that natural that natural thing. Obviously, yeah. they were tied to a label in a lot of ways and I, I yeah. don't know about a lot of that, but when you saw them on stage, the three of them, like, same with, with you guys, you know, it was just a very natural occurrence, what was happening and um, um, yeah. not everyone is that lucky to sort of find to find that, you know, in a band situation. Yeah, totally. And yeah. I think... You're so right. It, it comes down to luck, I think, you know, um, and chemistry is so important. Yeah. And, you know, like we just, I don't know if it was that we were little rat bags, you know, ruling, like we were, we were in each other's, we lived in each other's pockets, you know, we, we literally did. And I think that that, comes out when you're playing on stage you know what i mean like yeah, people think, feel I, that i think yeah and we we did with you cool. with with valentine i think and you know you could see off stage that um you know you guys were tight i guess i don't know what else to say yeah. it was just uh uh it wasn't something that you always saw or that i always saw at least you know with a lot of bands and other bands that I'd played in and played with, you know, a lot of it was very forced in the sense that it was hard to get together for rehearsals. It was yeah. hard to get free on the same night and um, yeah. to get to gigs on time and, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think with you guys it was very natural. So so you were signed uh, when you were 17, was it? You got yeah. signed when you were 17. So that's yeah. so young. Yeah. Yep. So young. And I was, at that time, I was I was living a very dangerous life. Um, I was living a bit of a double life, I guess. Um, yes, I was homeless. I, you know, a massive heroin habit. Um, and they, yeah, I, you know, I, I, he just loved the songs so much he decided he would uh take a risk, I guess, and then um get me signed overseas, which yeah, we, we ended up doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Over uh US in the US? Uh, in the U uh no UK, yeah. Oh UK. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. So uh so where's Valentine at the moment? You guys are on hiatus and have been for a little while? Yeah, you know, um my I guess life is, you know, we we we, we went hard and fast and we did a lot in a short amount of time. You know, I think our first our first tour we did something ridiculous, like a stupid amount of dates um, all around Europe in like six weeks or something and came back utterly exhausted and got an offer to go back and, and to sign a, a small deal, very, very small deal. So we went back not, not long after 
And I was having really insane um, panic attacks. My anxiety was just, you know, it got to a point I think on one of the last tours where it would interrupt my my singing, you know, my ability to mm. sing and, and that was really shit, you know, because mm. um, it had never really happened to me before. I'd, I'd never experienced anything like that. And I came back and I just wasn't mentally in a very good way at all and I felt like, I don't know, I think I was just exhausted, mentally exhausted and I wanted a break and it was just really unfortunate that, you know, that break would have been a break, you know, like a a short break, maybe a few months, but during that break um, I ended up relapsing and, you know, that I lost another five or six years and, um, you know, and then, yeah, that's the way it is. Addiction's really hard, yeah. Yeah. so what, you know, going back to your younger years, what inspired you to start playing in the first place? You know, did you start guitar first or were you singing yeah. or? I was always really embarrassed about my singing ability. You know, I never, because my brother, my younger brother had a really good voice and it was a bit of a fucking show off. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there's home videos of the two of us and, you know, we'll be singing together and he like he used to knock, when he was younger, he'd knock me and be like, no, shut up. So I was never allowed to <laughs> sing. That was his thing. Yeah. So I was like, fuck you then. I'm going to fucking play guitar. Um, I don't know why. You know, it's probably very similar for you, Craig, like the guitar. The u- So I picked up my sister's um, toy guitar, a toy ukulele, not even a proper ukulele, like a fucking piece of shit toy guitar. And I was listening to the radio and I just by ear um, – got some of it right and it was my mother who is she's amazing looked at me I I think I was about 12 and she said you need a guitar and I was like ah so you know she got me a guitar and it didn't leave my side as you would probably know um glued to me and I just it just felt so natural just to write you know and you know I was having I was experiencing some uh you know shitty things in, in my life at that point in time and I didn't really have an outlet. I didn't have a release. I didn't have anyone I thought I could talk to. So I wrote it. I wrote about it all and I sang about it all. Um, and, yeah, it was fucking cool Like, because I know I talk a lot but I, I it was a very timid, um, I was so timid through school and, Playing music really helped me come out of my shell, you know. I joined a school band. I, you know, so, yeah, I don't know. And what sort of bands were you listening to? Like what um, what was inspiring you around that time? So I was inspiring me musically around, around the time that I started playing. Yeah. So around the oh, I was always very blessed, you know, my mum and dad um, had an amazing music collection and, and I was brought up listening to lots of incredible music. Uh, but around that time that I that I picked up music, I was actually listening to oh, so much fucking shit, but uh, one of the things that, oh, sorry, Vanessa, how do I forget this? Veruca Salt. Veruca Salt were huge. So I probably started with those guys. And then I stumbled across Nirvana and it was my my older cousin. She was a huge Nirvana fan and I was a little bit too young, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, she used to wear Kurt T-shirts and I remember just walking into her bedroom one day and she just pressed play on the CD player and it was Rape Me by Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And I just remember hearing it and thinking, what the fuck is that? (laughs) You know, that like real tinny guitar and his voice, like I've got goosebumps thinking about that moment. Like it was incredible. And I was just like, whoa, like that's fucking incredible. So then obviously was massively obsessed with Nirvana. So Nirvana, Liz Fair and um, Fruit Assault were were the three huge influences at that time. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I often try and remember like, the first time I hear a lot of these bands that have 
you know, followed me through my whole life, like Nirvana especially being one of them and like, you know, my friend and I, we discovered a lot of these bands at the same time and, uh, you know, you didn't really, really, you were just into it. You didn't yeah. realise how important it was at the time and yeah. I think back to that now and I wish I could sort of relive that um, because it was Nirvana especially, like it was just such a, I don't want to say kick in the face. It was like that's just not the right, um, not the right thing to say. It just really, it really drew you in, and um, yeah, it's it was. More, <laughs> I'm sort of lost for words, but that's why I wish I could relive it and just sort of um, really remember back to it's that. It's like a, a, an incredible moment in time. Yeah, just the sound of it, like, what is this? And they just yeah. really sucked you in and you just listened over and over and over. And yeah. I think it was unplugged in Nevermind for me with my first two ah. Nirvana records and um, yeah. just incredible. And do you have I, a – I mean, it's a weird question, but do you – or it's a hard question. Do you have a favourite on the Unplugged album? Uh, oh, uh, not not really. No, no I don't not think a so. Yeah. Yeah, like even it was it's it's funny that he did so or they did so many covers. Like you just think about that and it's like yeah. <laughs> why would he do that? Like well, the meat puppets and stuff like yeah. that. It's just, uh, uh, yeah. Such a weird thing when you actually think about it, but uh it worked and you know, like Plateau and uh Lake of Fire, like those, uh, yeah, those that's songs a great were song. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think just just the album and the event as a whole, you know, yeah. you're watching it and uh, the lighting, the, the flowers. Uh, oh, it, I mean, it could, it, like if somebody said what was the 90s, yeah. like what was 90s music, that that visual, like incredible, yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I, more, more so than like any other unplugged like Pearl Jam and stuff. I, yeah. I didn't. I, I agree. Like Pearl yeah. Jam as a whole, like I can appreciate the talent there. Yeah. But for me, I don't know. I just I think it was the rawness and the realness of Nirvana. I think mm -hmm. that perhaps you know he. You know what? That's what it is. People aren't stupid, and people know when you're being a phony. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that um, Eddie Vedder is a phony, but. You know, uh, it's a different feeling, isn't it? Mm. You know, it like like Kurt when Kurt sang and and bands like that that really resonate with you. There, there's just there is no faking anything. It is all real. It's all raw. There's no yeah. I don't know. That's that's what I think possibly. Yeah, and that's probably what made it hard for Kurt eventually, and yeah, and you know, eventually impossible. Yeah, uh, what a horrible yeah. industry to be in when you're that. Uh, I guess sensitive and open, really. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I think you know, like Eddie. I'm not really a big Pearl Jam fan, like less than ever. I used to listen yeah. to him a little bit, but yeah, uh, you know, I think Eddie came in his defence. He came in at a different time to that whole scene, and um, he came in a bit later, wasn't it? Or and, yeah. and they were sort of like a, they. I, I didn't know that Pearl, Pearl Jam was sort of like a super band. They're all mm. from other bands. Is that right? Yeah, like Green River and yes, uh, yeah. a couple of others. So, you know, yeah. like the, the band themselves had been from other bands and then they came together and got Eddie in and, uh, oh. and you know, Chris Cornell obviously helped bring Eddie into the whole yeah. scene. But, yeah, it was a different different entrance into that whole thing than, than yeah, Kurt wow. would have had. But, yeah. Um, yeah, like you listen back to Kurt's or Nirvana's early demos and stuff, like you can hear it. He's, it's there. It just... Yeah. Um, obviously developed and really quickly too. Like it was such a short span of time up up until in utero and, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy just how short-lived their success was or their, yeah. their whole career actually. Mm. Yeah, it was packed into a few years. Yeah. It's so yeah. sad. I always think about what he, what, like if he was still alive, I don't know if I'd like the person he would be today if I'm honest. Yeah. You know, I know it's a controversial thing to say, but but musically, God, I'd love to know what the third album would have been like, you know. Mm. And, and, and I'm sure he would have moved into the solo territory. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, just, I think it would have been fucking incredible. I, I wish, you know, it would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know what you mean because a lot of people that we've followed for a long time have kind of let us down lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would have hate, you know, Kurt to be one of those, but I guess that's all speculative. Um, yes. But, yeah, like, I mean, he was just sort of a, like Chris says, like he was just, Kurt was just an artist in a lot of ways, like whether it was painting or drawing or songwriting, whatever, he was just a, a creative person. So uh, yeah, I think whatever he did, we would have followed and yeah. it's just a shame that he didn't get to do that. Uh, yeah, it's a real fucking, I mean, you think about 27 and you're just like, it's like nothing. are you kidding? Yeah, that's crazy. Mm, Very sad. Yeah. You know, yeah, not many bands sort of hit you like Nirvana did, I've got to say, and uh, even still, like you, you can listen back, and uh, it'll still hit you in a similar way. It's still just, just an amazing thing, and I, I can't really put it into words. But um, well, they make you feel, don't they? They mm. really, they make you feel something. You know, like the last rehab I was in, I remember deciding to leave to leave rehab to run away with some dude whilst listening to, to a Nirvana track on repeat, <laughs> you know, like it just. Jump the fence like he did and yeah, uh, off just, you go. Yeah, but it just like makes you feel, whether it's good or bad, it didn't matter. It just, it does, it invokes really strong emotion, I think, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. And I think that's what music, good music should do that, yeah. Yeah, well, there's a there's a new interview on um, on YouTube. Uh, have you listened to or watched uh, Rick Beato's channel? Rick Beato. No. He's like a he's a producer guy. You know, he's like uh, he sort of analyzes a lot of songs, and I'll, I'll send it to you because he's just sat yeah. down with um with Butch Vig. I haven't watched it oh, yet, so I'm wow. going to watch it tonight Butch after a this. Fucking, he's a the guy's a genius. Like he. I'd love to know what he, yeah, whoa. Yeah. So, you know, I often find it interesting hearing uh, perspectives from these other people that were around, you know, yeah. people like Kurt and um, they give you this different take on things. So, yeah, I'll shoot it across to you and I, I think it'll be good and, um, you know, it's they're going to cover a lot of things, you know, garbage as well. And um, Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I would love to, to watch that, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, Butch Vick is like that album, you know, Nevermind. I mean, he, he had so much to do with the way that, and I think people know this, but I think it would have been a very different album, you know, if he wasn't on, like, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, he sure. he turned that album into, you know, yeah. it, it was a pop masterpiece. I, yeah. I know people don't like to admit that, but it was. And there's nothing. I don't think there's any shame in saying that. You know, no. yeah. I mean, eventually, In Utero became my favorite album because yeah. it was so raw and nasty and just mm-hmm. like heavy in a in a certain yeah. way. But yeah. I I still needed Nevermind. You know. Yeah. And I still appreciate that. So it was it's just. Sort of, it's interesting that you said that, that it, like you needed Nevermind because it's like I wonder does it break the ice for that genre almost? Like do you know what I mean? It's like a does it soften the blow for a utero? Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. sure it's a few reasons, you know, one being that, yeah, Nevermind was pretty polished. Yeah. So it was nice to hear Kurt in his raw form again, Nirvana yeah. in their raw form. But, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I think Nevermind was still necessary for a lot of reasons. And yes. you know, if, if they didn't do Nevermind the way they did it, maybe they wouldn't have had a chance to do yeah. in utero. So, yeah, whatever. It's all it's all magic. So, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. No. So um, during the last few years, like, you became one of my – <clears throat> most important people, I guess, like wow. sort of inspirational people. That's um, so nice. Because you said a lot of the quiet parts out loud and still do. <laughs> I don't know. I like I've got to stop doing that. I just end up in so much shit. But, yeah. Well, that's up to you, I guess. But, you know, yeah. there's a lot of people that, uh, that do appreciate that and, um, you know, you were sort of 
rightly critical of a lot of people uh, in power who deserved it, uh, mm. as well as some amongst us that sort of deserved it as well. And um, you also sort of released a bunch of songs during that time. Yeah. Uh, solo songs, I guess you would say. Uh, yeah. Songs like End of the World, Pushed yeah. Around, Choke yeah. Hold, Mercy on Me, The Great Escape. Yeah. yeah. So that was obviously... No doubt, well, music's always cathartic, but that was obviously a very cathartic outlet for you. Totally, like, yeah. In a time that a lot of us didn't really know what to do. Yeah. Uh, I was so lucky, yeah. 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 Um, so what was I going to say? Like they're all available on your band camp, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Most of them are available on the band camp. Um, I just, you know, I was very lucky. I, I, during the lockdown, I reckon I spent a big portion of it um, at my friend's place recording, like just, you know, and like whatever, like shoot me. But like, <laughs> I mean, I just the memories of like having to sneak home because there was a fucking curfew. <laughs> I'm like, are you felt like what the fuck? Like it was yeah. terrifying times. So you know, a song like "End of the World" it makes like it, it. I said what I felt, and you know, I guess I. You know, one thing I didn't understand about so a lot of the songs that I wrote during the pandemic, right? were talking about my experience and what I was seeing and the things that I didn't like and, you know, doesn't mean that I'm right, but I was writing about them. And, you know, like my entire career before that, uh, I was celebrated for my my um, my openness as, mm. a, uh, as a lyricist, right? Like so people loved how I guess open and honest I was with my lyrics, you know, and, um, you know, I never intentionally tried to stir shit, but lyrically I just didn't care. I just wrote what, what, what I thought. And so that was almost celebrated to some degree. But then when it came to the pandemic, I, I was just writing the same way I'd always written without reservation because as an artist, that's what you're meant to do. You're meant to create without, you don't have rules and boundaries when you write a song. Mm. You know, you just write. You write with heart and, and you write honestly. And um, I, I was I was shocked at I had a lot of support, like a bucket load of support from, from lots of new people. I was a little upset, <laughs> understatement of the year, um, at the amount of criticism I guess I got, you know. I, I didn't expect that, to be honest. But um I'm, I'm still very proud of those tracks and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of those tracks because they, you know, I will never forget what I was feeling during the pandemic, you know, in those moments that I wrote those tracks. So, yeah, they're pretty much all on the band camp um, and, you know, I'm fucking so excited. I, I've got a heap of new stuff that, I'm dying to record. Um, some of it I have recorded, but it's like I've gone way back to, I don't know if you, like, feel this as well. So, like, eventually you go way back to your roots. Mm -hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? So that's what's happened for me now. So I'm really excited um, to, to release a, a solo album with, with all this raw, um, raw material. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like I'm, I just turned forty and I'm starting a new band. It's like oh, you so know, cool. doing the going back to the heavy stuff again because yeah, I miss that's it totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so a what? different feeling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a different feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I was done with it after the last band like ten years ago, but yeah, did, and then the acoustic thing, and I still love that. But I'm like, no, I need, I need the heavier stuff again, and yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, age, like, it's ridiculous. Like, it doesn't really, you know, like, I don't know why we're so obsessed with, not even youth, we're obsessed with, like, fucking teenagers. Mm. And, you know, for me personally, when I listen to, like, I can appreciate, like, good songwriters that are young or good artists that are young, but, like, sometimes I want somebody who has lived a life and it's got a story to tell, mm -hmm. you know, that's refined their you know, that, that's that 
really uh, is is comfortable with, with the artists that they are. You know, yeah. That's that's personally for me. That's what I want to see, and I think we need to celebrate more of that. Yeah, I mean, having lived a life is uh, an experience that you can't sort of uh, imagine. I guess. I mean. You can sing in fantasy, but you know if you got an older guy or an older lady that have uh, lived a life and are singing about that, yeah, it's pretty straight up, raw, honest totally. stuff, and yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong with that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So good on you, man. That's great. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, can't wait to hear yours because mm. yeah, those songs that you released during the last few years, like, I mean, they're definitely <laughs> like a sum up a moment in time, and um, you know that it's and they're not. You know, like angry songs, like they're beautiful songs with nice melodies. Uh, I think "End of the World" for me yeah. is probably a favorite. You know, very yeah, beautiful song. So yeah. definitely thank encourage you. everyone to go and check those out on your Bandcamp. You put a link in the show notes as always. Yes, because um, I never do that. I'm like, <laughs> I never do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, like age is a is a funny thing and I guess it all comes down to, you know, if you're sort of feeling healthy. So let's talk yeah. a bit about um, health and fitness because you're very open about your your journey through yeah. your health and now your fitness and everything. Yes. So, um, yeah, tell us a bit about sort of where you're at now. Look, I am I'm probably in the – I'm probably the healthiest I think I've ever been. Um, I'm not quite 40, but I'm, you know, I'm my later 30s. And, um, yeah, it's weird. I, I'm i the fittest I've ever been. So, you know, I'm obsessed with, with running and, I guess, eating well. For, I mean, fuck, God, I, I still, you know, I love a good chocolate, a kilo mm-hmm. of chocolate. But, um, <laughs> no, I just, I, I'm very different to, you know, I used to chain smoke. Um, I was, yeah, I, I just, I had horrible bad habits. I chain smoked and I didn't eat. Um, that's, you know, just what I did. I drank a lot of coffee. That's how I lived. And, um, you know, I think there's also this idea that musicians have to be like, like fitness and music don't go together or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're a musician, you have to chain smoke and live on fucking tofu and uh, caffeine or something mm-hmm. and I'm just like no that's fucking bullshit or you're going to be fucked up if you're a musician you're going to be fucked up and uh, a drug addict with severe mental health issues and like that's just a fucking lie like you know you can be a great uh, raw and honest and organic musician and and be fit and healthy and you know those two things can you know exist at the same time Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that is really important to me now, um, being fit and healthy, you know, I just mentally, you know, I guess with addiction, especially you're never really out of the, out of the, uh, what's the word out of danger, you know? Yeah. So running and, and fitness is really important. You know, that helps me stay focused, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, you find like, you know, a lot of our favourite musicians, Kurt included, you know, at one point, I guess they were, they've all been fucked up and maybe for some longer than others. But if, if they're lucky enough or if you're lucky enough, you can eventually, you got to stop. You can't keep that going. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of musicians now uh, that have gone through their, their dark periods and maybe they, relapsed and got back in but they've got back on top of it um mm-hmm. nikki six for be- being one um, oh. Corey taylor, uh, Corey you know, there's, taylor there's tons yeah 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 yep. and uh you know they've come out and they're really healthy now you know and they're all yep. probably about fitness and stuff like that so yeah you're right of course those two can go together um yep. but yeah there's definitely a perception of you got to be sort of this drug addled or drunk. Yeah, depressed or fucking. Fuck and that's yeah. not productive. You might get th- no. some things done, but uh, it's 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 not a long term uh, not a long term thing. So to be a depressed musician, like no, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, there's tons that have turned it around and they're still going. Slash is another one. You know, really? There's, there's there's heaps. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's. I mean, look, it, it just goes to like it's never. Um, I guess you know people that have have uh, addiction issues with addiction. I guess it never goes away, and it's always um, something that you you worry about, and you think about, and maybe for addicts, it's like maybe there's something about it being all or nothing. So I don't know if a lot of those gut people that are now doing well, I don't know if they are into fitness and maybe like, or, or they've taken up some other weird hobby that, you know, so for me, I'm like really into the fitness. It's ridiculous, but I think it's not a replacement, but you know, uh, I don't want to say a replacement. That's not the right thing to say, but it's that all or nothing that perhaps maybe helps. You know? So mm. I wonder if, those musicians are also really into their new life, if that makes any sense. So like an addictive thing, so obviously you're addicted to drugs or whatever it might be and you go full on into that world. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually you come out of that and you go full on into the fitness world or the music creative world. Yeah, Yeah. so it's like an addictive personality sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like is that really – I don't know. But I think you're always – Always, it's always going to be there. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, you got to do something, don't you? So, yeah. Uh, I guess the more positive things you fill your life with and fill your soul with, whether it's you know fitness or uh, exercise. I mean, you know, the physical thing helps your mental state too. And totally. I think that's not often talked enough about, and yeah. especially during the last few years. You know, yeah. it wasn't. Oh, you know, go out and get some exercise and that'll yeah. boost your immune system and uh, yeah. make your mental health better. You know, it was just stay in your house and get no watch, sunlight, fucking, <laughs> yeah. you know, watch an the hour news. of exercise. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Like, fucking, honestly, man, I fucking like prison. I know a little bit about prison. I'll tell you something like, like, there really wasn't much diff, like, there wasn't, it, I don't want to say, you know, there was no difference. Of course there was, but like mentally, like it was very similar to, to being in a fucking prison. Like it was crazy. Mm. It does not make any sense sitting there and you're just like, I don't understand. You know what someone said to me the other day? He was like, you know, mental health is so important, right? And I'm not anti-drugs. I'm not fucking straight edge or any of that shit, but I hate big pharma, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've always hated big pharma. But before COVID, now I just, you know, big, you know, big business making lots of money from people's uh, bad health. That doesn't sit too well with me, you know. Um, but someone said to me the other day, he was, he was only quite young. He's like 19-year-old uh, guy. And he said, um, oh, you know, I'm, he broke up with his partner and he said, oh, my doctor put me on some uh, antidepressants. And I was like, oh. He's like, oh, you know, like why? He's like, oh, because I broke up with my partner. And I was like, okay. I'm like, he didn't tell you to just, you know, wait it out a little bit, you know, because it is very normal to 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 feel depressed, you know, when you're going through your first real breakup. Like it's, you know, it's tough. You've got to get through that. That's really hard. And I said, what about like therapy or like counselling? And he said, oh, I couldn't afford it. He goes, it was 300. He goes, I couldn't fucking afford it. Mm. And I was so mad. I was like, of course, can't afford fucking therapy, but you know what? Take all the pills you Mm -hmm. want. I mean, who wins? Who's the winner in that? Big pharma. Profits. It's all all about profits, you know. It's so sad, yeah. But, But, you know, like before the pandemic and what that sort of revealed mm. about certain things. I, I I always thought, you know, as a general consensus, we were sort of against big pharma, big government. Like I just I thought that was already there, but for some yes. reason it's uh, not. I don't it's, know. Turns out it's not the case. No, apparently not. I don't mm. know. Yeah, mm. very strange. But, yeah, and look, it's funny now because people are sort of like, it's like nothing ever happened. <laughs> like, you know, all right, that's cool. Yeah, no worries. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just, it's a sad state. Like, I was on antidepressants for many years, like, but I, 
you know, I just think, man, when when we can't, like these kids are going to be so numb. Mm. You know, like for me, I couldn't do any writing. I don't know if you've had any experience with, with antidepressants at all, but, you know, uh, I couldn't, yeah, I found it. Maybe not everyone, but for me, I found it really hard to create and I've never had writing blocks. I, I'm always very lucky. I can just write a lot. The only time I ever had those were, um, yeah, it was when I was on the, the antidepressants. Yeah. The writing blocks, yeah. Yeah, I was put on them pretty young. Yeah, uh, yeah. Didn't think much about it at the time. Um, yeah. And, you know, they tried to keep me on them, but I didn't want to be on them. And I can't even wow. remember why, but, you know, I was pretty young and fit and healthy in that way. Like I was, yeah. I don't know if I was depressed, but on my record now is depression. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, like, you know, I, I can get down and stuff, but um, I can pick myself. Rem- yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but I just no. it's quite fascinating. Do you remember, do you remember what, like, what age and why? Like it was late high school because wow. you know a lot of people knew what they were going to do after high school, and um, right. you know I didn't. I didn't know what I. I, I still don't. Know. I love music, and I always wanted to do music, but yeah. you know, to make it a career is isn't easy. So yeah, I guess that was part of it, and um, that sort of getting left behind, and you know you go to the doctors and. Yeah, it's pretty crazy when I think back. I'm like, oh fuck, that was actually that was me, and that was my life early on. And um, sometimes I don't really know what to do with that mentally. You know, I guess in a way it doesn't matter now because I'm I'm here now, and yeah. I'm, you know, I'm still I'm not on anything at all. Uh, yeah, well And I plan to stay that way because yeah, yeah I get upset and I get down and uh, I get tired and whatever, but. You know, there's always there's a new day, and tomorrow I'll probably feel a lot better, and I'll do some exercise. And yeah, um, my thing lately is is drinking, and uh, yeah. I've sort of I'm turning the hill on that, and I'm gonna yeah put that to the side and get back into the music more and more, and just totally just you know go head first into that and yeah and get more healthy exercise and. So yeah, just putting kids on that stuff like That's, so I can't believe I don't know. that. Like, I, sorry, but I just like after hearing that, I'm just like that fucking doctor was so neg- like that's negligence. Mm. Like to like that is you know at, at that age, it's pretty normal for a child to be feeling like they're being left behind or to to be really confused. I mean, life's fucking confusing. Yeah. I still can't adult for shit and I don't. Like, you know, like, can I? It's fucked. Um, you know, like, I just, to think, like, it's just, it's, it's actually really sad because, yeah. you know, like, and I feel like it's probably happening even more so now. And I am not anti, like, fucking, um, I'm not anti drugs or anything like that, but I just, I'm anti how freely and how readily. You know, these doctors are just handing them out. Like it's um I find that really it's scary. I don't know. It's fucking scary. Cause yeah. it's not even the uh well, it is the side effects of s- some of these things, but it's also just the habit of, oh, I can just take a pill for this or Yeah. You yeah. know and fix you know, it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. really work that way life, with everything. Life that, doesn't uh, work like that, yeah. Mm. Well, because you have, you know, like it's so normal to. I mean, we're literally going to have a a, a a generation of of zombies, like you know that that just. And I remember, you know, there's a couple of weird things I remember about being on those um those uh, antidepressants. I remember having thoughts, right? I don't think I've ever said this before, but I remember. So I was put on them also quite young. I was put on antidepressants at 13 and then, you know, because I was a bit sad, my parents were divorcing, I had some shit going on, um, you know, and my I guess my mum thought she was doing the right thing, just like, you know, you're the adults involved in, in your situation perhaps. Yeah. Um, but after a while of being on them, I, I mean, I was fucking still, I was depressed enough to start using fucking heroin, but... I felt 
I started getting thoughts that would pop into my head and I don't know if you experienced this or not, but they were like the thoughts weren't mine and they would, it's weird. It's a weird thing to say. I'm probably going to trip you out, but these thoughts would come into my head about like I'd be washing the dishes. I've never fucking said this publicly, but I'd be washing the dishes and I'd just, I'd see the, the knife and I'd be like, I could just like slit my throat. But the, the thought didn't feel like it was mine. It was the weirdest thing and it only ever happened while I was on those drugs. Mm. It's weird. I've heard I people mean, talk about that and I probably can't really? repeat what I've heard because it no, was no. – um, but no, that's – like I've, I have heard of that sort of stuff. Seriously? Before and wow. more so in America. Um, okay. And probably in relation to, you know, people who have committed sort of violent crimes and – even shootings and stuff, it's sort of right. comes back to well, some of the drugs of, that they might Totally, do. yeah. Mm. But have they actually said that, have they made a statement similar to that, that the thoughts are not theirs? Yeah. God, it's yeah. the weirdest feeling because it's not a voice. It's no. it's not like you're hearing voices, but it's a thought that's not yours. I've never, that's, but, whoa. Mm. That, I mean, that's scary, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. who knows what's in a lot of these drugs and um Shit. Know, it probably messes with people different yeah. people in different ways and yeah oh, it's it's a, probably a big rabbit hole that um yes <laughs> we could go down and uh yeah so uh, yeah uh, wow. very interesting i don't know well, we just need to be critical of <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why we're not you know yeah I don't, maybe we're lazy. Maybe humans are lazy. Yeah. Mm. But you know what? Creating, like when it comes to music and writing songs, like there is no, it, it's a, it's an otherworldly high, isn't it? You know, when you like, you write, a, like it's that moment where you go, oh my God, this song is fucking amazing. And you're creating mm. and it's like, you know, that if I don't, I'm not really a believer of God or whatever, but like, if the, it's the only way I could explain or describe God, I guess, mm. that moment of creation, you know, when you write a song and it's just, it's such an, it's a, such a high, isn't it? Well, you've created something out of nothing and it's like a, a spiritual yeah. beam and, and you get to relive it because, you know, you get, you write it, yep. you record it, you play it yep. live and you hear it in these different uh, yep. f- phases and you're like that. That just came out of nowhere one day, you know, I was sitting yeah. sitting in my room and I was upset about something and yeah. uh, boom, this song. That's you know. so true. Do you, so, um, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, do you ever feel, do you feel like, you know, when you, you write a new song, you love it and you're just like obsessed with it. Do you also feel like, so for me, once that song is recorded, not just like demo, but once it's officially recorded, I feel like, not like the song's dead, but I feel like, it, it sort of is and it, it no longer, like, it's time to move from that. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I don't know if you mean it in the sense of, um, all right, I've documented it, it sort of, and now I can push it to the side. It's it's done. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's forever it's there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like it's life is over and there we go, put it over there. Do you sort of yeah. feel like that when you, yeah. Yeah, do you mean like, oh, I don't have to ever play or hear this again sort of thing? Or No, 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 I just mean like, I don't know, it's weird. It's like it, the, it's like it's come to maturity and that's, it's, I, it's it, I don't know. It's like a child moving out of home. It's it's out there now. Well, I like it's the no idea longer, of, yeah. yeah, I like the idea of that you've got a finished product, like you've got it to the finished product stage. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to worry about forgetting it. Yeah, like you've yeah. given it life, and you can put it to the side, and you can come back to it whenever you want. Or you don't yeah. have to at all. Yeah, but it's it's always going to be there. Something like that. Yes, I guess. absolutely. You yeah, know. totally. Yeah, and it's a it's a little marker in time. Yeah, a marker in time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's creating music is an amazing thing, and just. Having that ability, even if your songs are no good, you know, it's just like it just gets something out of you and it, um, it, it 
just make something out of nothing, you know. And I've never thought about it like that, yeah. It's, you know, it's something I always turn to when I need it, which is which is a lot, you know, even if it's just picking up the guitar and playing and, yeah, uh, you know, it's I, I don't, yeah, I'm very grateful for it, I guess, even if, you know, I'm never famous and no one likes my, stu- my stuff, you know, it's, it's just uh, something I need and, you know, I think it's, a, it's an awesome thing. It's a, so. To be able to write, to be able to write a song is yeah. like, it's, it's an amazing gift, you know, it really is. And, you know, like you're a really gifted songwriter and, you know, that's an even better gift, do you know what I mean? Well, and thank you. It, you know what pisses me off? When you've got these new fucking apps, right? <laughs> Write a song in three minutes with the touch of a, like, yeah, who needs talent or fucking anything to write a song? You just hit a, oh, it fucking pisses me off. Like, you don't even need to know how to play an instrument anymore. Mm, yeah, there's so many tools available now that, yeah, yeah, I guess some of it's convenient, but. You still need that human you element. Do. Yeah. You know? Otherwise, you're not gonna. No one's gonna hear your song like when you first heard Nirvana or something like that. You know, it's not gonna be the same. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's not gonna have that human, uh, that human element. So. Yeah. Anyway, I look forward to hearing what you're gonna be releasing Great. in the near future. I, think, um, I actually think you'll really like it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely will. I liked. Your solo stuff, or like the Valentine stuff. So um, thank you. Yeah, Very good. Where can people Where can people find you? I guess Instagram. Hey, um, yeah, Van Valentine. Instagram. Um, I probably should be a bit more official about it, but look, uh, yeah, Instagram and then Bandcamp. Uh, so it's just Van Valentine on Instagram, I think. Um, and you know, all my great ideas, you'll get to hear about all my amazing ideas on Instagram, which is great. Um, and you know, I've got some, oh, I've got a show coming up. I don't know if this will be out before then, but I've got an acoustic show, uh, which is cool because I'm trialing all the, all the new really raw Niners inspired new stuff. Um, and that is, fuck, when is it? Wait, I think I wrote it down. Oh, well done. Uh, April 13th. There you go. The Dogs yeah, Bar I, in yes. St Kilda. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. So, so I, yeah, I, I played there about a month ago and it was fucking awesome. Mm. So I'm going to do it again. So for anybody who thinks they might want to come, I guess my new stuff is sort of like um, it's probably very similar to Valentine but uh, unplugged, you know. So it's really, it's really 90s. Weird, yeah. Mm. yeah. Actually, it made me think of a, a point. I was we were talking about kids and stuff. Um, I went to I went to Megadeth and In Flames the other night. Awesome, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, but there were a lot of young kids there. Like, really? Yeah, like younger, sort of metalhead, nerdy sort of kids. Metal in, man. Yeah, in Megadeth t-shirts and they were yeah. head banging and shit. It's like. Wow. No doubt it's the first time they've seen – it was my first time seeing Megadeth, but yeah. I just thought it was really cool. Like, And they were just there. They went with – well, some were with their parents. Yeah. Um, but So they were fans. Yeah, they were fans. And, you know, just a group of kids behind me, they were just mates. So they weren't with parents or anything. Shit. And um, they were headbanging. They had their Megadeth T-shirts on. Wow. And no doubt, like, these kids are probably talented as shit if they play guitar and stuff. Yeah. Like, they can probably play all that stuff. Yeah, hands down. So I thought that was a really cool thing, and that's you know a big positive to music again. And you know yeah. bands like Megadeth that have been around for decades that are just crossing inspiring generation. another generation. There's something about metal though, man. Like I, I yeah. have metal. Metal always has a place. Mm-hmm. Tell what I don't know why that is, but metal always has a following. Doesn't matter what year it is. There is always room for metal to thrive and do well. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's what's got me back into wanting to play the heavy stuff. Really? I'm, I'm learning a lot of metal stuff. It doesn't mean I'm going to necessarily go out and play metal. Like, yeah. I consider myself a metal head. You know, it's yeah. probably more Alice in Chains, you know, mixed yeah. between hard rock and metal, like somewhere Which in the middle awesome. there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, metal's def- definitely an influence, like. You know, Pantera and stuff like that. It's just yeah, wow. really 
in my uh, in my <laughs> soul and I'm learning that shit. I'm like, this shit's crazy and it's That's just really – uh, wow. I'm just There's a lot to it, man. Oh, yeah. 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 It's yeah. like it's fucking hard. Like it it's is. real easy, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. And, you know, look at NotFest. Like, I think that was sold out um, Who yesterday. Who's uh, – well, I don't actually know NotFest, sorry. Uh, Slipknot. Um, oh. Megadeth in Flames. Parkway oh, Drive. A lot of these bands. Holy shit. Okay. Big, wow. Yeah, so yeah. that was um, – Great. Yeah, that was yesterday. So, I think it's sold out. I don't know how many, but probably upwards of 60 70 80,000 I guess I don't know yep. but uh so yeah that's that's metal on a friday you know like so yep, yep. there's always room for metal man yep mm. so it's a good thing you're starting your heavy journey again yeah yeah but yep. you know I like going back to the acoustic like you're doing no now of and- course i think there's always room for that like yeah. you know it, they're separate they're totally separate you know so yeah it's of course yeah. Good ba- good balance of both, I think. Totally. But, you know, some people are all one, all in or the other, I guess. Yeah. But that, and that's okay. But I, I always like a, a mix, you know, like Nirvana did heavy and soft. And uh, yeah. you know, Chris Cornell did that, you know, so whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, you're, you're a massive Chris Cornell fan as well, mm. right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, uh, was like, yeah, very big loss. But anyway, mm. yeah, very sad yeah. stuff. Yeah, that was a sad one because, you know, we lost so many before him and he often talked about them and then all of a sudden he's gone too. I'm like, I mean, that, yeah, what, it just, yeah, I don't think anyone actually saw that coming at all, mm-hmm. you know. Again. Yeah, off, off the record, yeah. Pharmaceuticals, again. Right, so, cool. So, this is, so whether or not you put this in, so obviously we're on the same page here with that stuff because, all the fucking high school shooters, all like, mm-hmm. have been on psychotropic drugs, and psychotropic yes. just means mind That's the fucking, word, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mind altering. That's what mm-hmm. it means. Yep. And the, you know, like they just big pharma get away fucking scot free. Mm-hmm. And I just go, you know, I'll never forget. Like I was more. De- all my attempts at suicide were whilst I was on these antidepressants, and. You know, only now that I look back, like you look at the pamphlets and you read through them, mm. it, it clearly states yeah. may cause suicidal or homicidal. Like, are you like, what? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, Chris Cornell was on something, uh, and I know his wife, Vicky, was, I don't know if she was trying to sue, but she definitely pursued it. And, okay. You know, it's not easy to. Uh, to go after no, these big pharma no companies. No. But, you know, don't if anyone's listening, don't take my word for it. Like look into it, yeah. look at the drugs that he was that he was on and Do the you know side if it effects. Was long term or for him um, or I don't oh, I'm not looking to it myself as well. Yeah, yeah. I think so because yeah. I'm pretty sure the last prescription he got mm. was over the phone with his doctor when that wasn't supposed to be the case or something like that because he was on tour. Yeah. Um. So yeah, don't don't take my word for it. Just check it out yourself. And um, there's always more to the story than we probably hear on the surface. Of course, of course, there is. Van Valentine. Yeah, jump. Yeah, come on to um Instagram. Yeah. So any new tracks will I'll always drop there uh, and Bandcamp. But look, I'm about to start the recording process for uh, another album, so I'm super. Excited, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And your Great. YouTube channel's pretty uh, pretty hot. Yeah, the YouTube, I don't, yeah, the YouTube, uh, look, I'm going to start, I'll start doing some more music stuff on, on, on the YouTube channel, I think, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but but the Instagram, I think, for now, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. YouTube's yep. cool, yeah. What, what about TikTok for you? Are you a TikToker? I fucking, oh, no, I just sort of started, but I don't know. yeah. I, I just, I'm so lazy. Like, I'm lazy enough with Instagram and, like, I'm just very, like, spontaneous. So, like, I'm not organised enough. Mm-hmm. So, my videos are all about if I feel it, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just too hard. Yeah. TikTok to keep it. Yeah. Are you a TikToker? Uh, no, I've dabbled in it. But yeah. um, only with, like, just sort of guitar playing videos and stuff like yeah. that. But cool. uh Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a strange one, TikTok. I don't know. I think yeah. I think I'm going to get rid of it because I can't. <laughs> I guess it's a bit of laziness as well, but yeah. I just can't do all the the hashtagging and the <laughs> just, just all the different. So, like, it took me so long to do an Instagram post today because the photos oh, I had like no, five or six gosh. photos in one post. Yeah, and just the sizing of them, and then. The app crashed and I had to start oh, again. God. <laughs> it's, that, it's fucking, it's yeah. hard work. It took ages and I'm just yeah. like, oh, my God. So, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, fuck it. I agree. It's too too hard. So I TikTok too hard basket right now. All right, yeah. cool. Well, yeah. nice to finally get you on the podcast, Vanessa. That was it's been, so uh, much fun. <laughs> it's been awesome. You're welcome on any time and I guess – uh, yeah, come back on when the uh, when the album's out, and we'll, uh, we'll talk, yeah. talk music. And uh, yeah, ho- hopefully, I'll see you out and about uh, in a month yes. there. And yes. um, yep. yeah, come out to a show. Come out to the acoustic show at some point, whenever. Yeah. Was it the thirteenth of thirteenth of April? April. Yeah, it's a. I think it's a school night, so I understand it's a bit tough for some people. But yeah, yeah. have a think about it. You know what? I haven't been to St Kilda for a long time. Yeah, there you go. Lots like to so, see so long that the uh, the ESPY's open again, isn't it? Fuck the ESPY. Sorry, they yeah. don't care about musicians at all anymore. Mm, okay. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Ten cents. All right. Nice to talk with you. Great to chat to you, Craig. Thanks heaps, buddy. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in, folks, and uh, we'll catch you again soon for another episode of Fox on the Wire. Take care.